0: Recorded live.
1: and Bible study good to see you guys in the chat room tonight it's good to be back we'll be in Genesis chapter 3 again tonight and uh, we'll get started with that shortly brother Dave if you would open us in a word of prayer brother
2: okay and remember you wanted me to remind you to bring up the heresies in religion that oh yes
1: thank you so much absolutely okay
2: okay Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks for this evening. We thank you for the blessed word, and we thank you that the word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and we invite the word of God tonight to be active among us, to be active in our hearts and minds, eliminating false ideas, false doctrine, false concepts, carving out and planting the word that would grow forth and bring forth much fruit to your glory, Father. And I pray tonight that where sin is, that people would be convicted of their sins tonight, and that they would be restored into fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit by the blood of Jesus as they confess their sins. And I pray tonight, Lord, for everyone that is a part of this fellowship, Lord, that they would have health and healing in their bodies. I pray for Pastor Don, his knees, Lord, that, that you would allow his knees to be operated on in such a perfect manner that there would be no problems and he would even be able to run on them. And I pray for them right now, Lord, that the swelling right, would go Lord. down and that there would be no pain in his knees. And, Lord, I pray for everyone that they would have health in their bodies and clear minds, Lord, that you would supernaturally remove toxins from bodies and that people would have pure, clean thoughts of the Word of God and of fellowship with you. They'd be able to fellowship with you without any fog or haze in their minds, Father. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. Amen.
1: Well folks we um the other night, like I said, we got started in Genesis chapter three, and Brother Dave in chapter two went over the um the missive that he's done such a great job on dealing with the the Adams with the first people, and then the second Adam um excuse me, the second creation story that that begins, and we're here in the garden we dealt the other night with Satan. Tempting Eve and like I said the other night that I believe both things took place I believe there was a sexual acts that took place as we're going to get into the seed business shortly and um, the curses that's put upon these how it it's, uh, has to do with sexual it has sexual connotations and I also believe there was a, there was a tree there was a, both trees literal and there was some fruit on both trees i believe that and i believe the word of god teaches it
0: completely
1: both ways there's there's too much uh if you put them on a balance and taught both doctrines they would both weigh out the same therefore i come to the conclusion that both of them both acts took place and yes, I, to, to, I so. amen brother david
2: yes amen
1: and i i went back and listened to um my pastor's rendition of, of the way he taught us, or the way he taught some of us in Bible in Bible school about this, and he believed the same thing. He didn't. He didn't make the statement that both acts took place, but he absolutely believes in the sexual connotations, and he rests his case on First Corinthians eleven, verse one to four, saying that there's no doubt that Paul's intention there was to relate it as a sexual connotation back into the, into the book of Genesis. And um, so I see that uh, the, my teaching originally put the thought in my head, and the Lord has given me a little bit through the years, and I believe both acts took place. But anyway, having said that, we were um, full- There's
2: one thought, too, in regard to the garden and the trees and all that, that's seldom mentioned, and that is that this garden was also a seventh-day creation. Yes. And it wasn't part of the sixth, you know, the creation of the regular earth. These Absolutely. trees in this garden were created after the earth, and all its trees and everything were already created. So these were special trees, and this was a special garden inhabited by a special man.
1: Amen. Well put. Well put. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it in my mind, and Scripture seems to have no doubt about it. The way they pre- they present themselves as well. Um, that what David brought up in his missive talking about the trees in Ezekiel. That's a that's a fantastic point there, and how trees all through the Word of God are likened unto men. And the context, like I've said, and Brother Dave said as well, the context dictates what it's talking about when it talks about. Uh, the king of Assyria being in the garden of God is talking about the garden of Eden. And that tree is human being. Amen, Brother Dave? Yes, absolutely. There's no, there seems to be no doubt about it according to Scripture, contrary to what some people try to say out there. And the Lord just puts the icing on the cake in John where he heals the man, looks like haphazardly to start with, and the man says, Oh, I see men walking in streets. <laughs> And that's the giveaway right there. Anyway, Brother Dave, what verse did we leave off on, brother? You remember Uh it?
2: verse fifteen. Verse
1: fifteen. Well we will go Endless. ahead. Do what?
2: You know where God puts enmity. Oh yeah, when he
1: starts when he starts putting the enmity between the, the seed of the woman and the and the um and the seed of the serpent. Well let me yes. make this comment about the what I wanted Brother Dave to remind me of about women that are uncovered that through the ages have brought about false religions. One was Mary Ellen White. she was the one. She was. She was the one of the founders of um, Seven Day Adventism. And the one y- y'all have heard of Christian Science, correct? Yes. That one, that was a, that was created by a woman as well. That was started by a woman. And I lost my notes. So I looked for them, and I do not know what happened. I've had company, and they got misplaced somewhere or another. But I was mentioning about the Azusa Street mission, which shocked me when I went and studied. Maybe, Dave, did you go study that out yourself, Dave, when I mentioned it the other night?
2: No, I never studied it out then, but we did study it some when I was in Bible college.
1: Mm-hmm. And I bet they didn't we over that there. black woman, did they?
2: And, well, um, Parnum, Charles Parnum, he was a black man. He was one of the main leaders. Yeah. And, like, well, there you go, a guy without a soul. Yep. <laughs>
1: you know, Seymour, preaching the word. Uh, this guy named Seymour, was. Uh, it's attributed to him from Kentucky, Like I said, he started the other night. He started out as um, he was raised in a Baptist family, and he got he strayed away from the Baptist denomination and kind of wandered around. He got he got hooked up with this black woman named Lucy. I can't think of the rest of her name. Like I said, I lost my notes. But anyway, he heard her speak in an unknown tongue, and it just it fascinated him. And she (laughs) taught him how to speak in tongues, like I I really can't find that anywhere in the scriptures myself, where somebody teaches someone else how to speak in tongues, but anyway, it started out with this black woman, and he really thought that she had uh, come across something, and it bled over into the Azusa Street Mission experience that started somewhere, I think in 1903 or something, but that's when when the whole... Supposed charismatic movement supposedly got its kickstart was at the Azusa Street Mission. But anyway, these women that have formed these religions are all un- they're uncovered women. Like I was mentioning, like we went and read in Corinthians, Brother Chad and Brother Dave read the scriptures. How there's a connection there between some spirit, the spiritual entities, and a woman that's uncovered and we dealt with the widows that were supposed to, the widows indeed were supposed to be taken care of by the church if they're widows indeed, and if they're younger widows, they're supposed to marry. That's just what Paul says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul makes it plain to a man and a woman, it's better to marry than to burn. And we'll get into that when we get into 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to slow down. This time when we go back through Corinthians and really hit on the doctrine that Paul brings out there in the contrast of what's made in the Gospels in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke when the Lord deals with marriage, divorce, and remarriage, Paul seems to have a little light on it that's a little different. And he gives his opinion as well as led by the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 7. He, he tells you plainly that it's his opinion when he gives his opinion on that subject. So anyway, these women that are uncovered, form these religions, and like the seven-day Adventists are gigantic, and they're real big on prophecy. I mean, if you went by their prophecies, the Lord should have come back about two or three times already. The big deal was in the, in the 1800s when they went to a mountain. You remember what the name of that mountain was, brother?
2: No, Where they went, all that
1: gathering, they all gathered on the mountain waiting for the Lord to come back that day. Mm, sorry, you know about that though. You do know about the event that took place, right?
2: Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm sketchy on that. Sorry.
1: That's okay. that's okay, brother. I should I should have went over it a little bit more, but I'm leaning on my memory and I'm just messing up on me right this second. But anyway, they're big date setters. They've kind of um, backed off of it recently. Here in the last thirty, about thirty or forty years, and their big name person today is Doug Bachelor. Are y'all familiar with Doug Bachelor?
3: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: And and I have to admit, there's some things that he's a half Jew. By the way, you knew that.
2: Yeah, you told us that. I was a little surprised. Yeah,
1: his mother was Jewish and his father was um was not Jewish, but he um he went to a cave and. He was an atheist to start with, and he went to a cave, and somewhere in California, he was the hippie type, and, and he took his Bible, and he's got a pretty good testimony. But anyway, some of the yeah, stuff... Yeah, I read that. Um, some of the stuff that... Sorry. He, that's okay, brother. Some of the stuff Doug Batchelor talks about is good stuff. He's got some good points, and that's the way it is. Like I say, with a lot of these false denominations and, and a lot of these heresies, they have some truth in them your ability to be able to filter through that stuff depends on your knowledge and your foundation and how strong you are in the doctrine that you know in the Word of God to be able to filter through that stuff. So anyway, just remember that these women, like today, you have Paula White, you have, um, what's her name, Joyce Myers, who's another one, Brother Dave,
2: um, Joyce Myers yeah that one I mean she even looks like a devil
1: oh she's a, she's a dyke looking son of a gun ain't no doubt about yeah. that her husband's yeah, out in the congregation and how these people walk right through the direct commandment of scripture that a woman's supposed to keep silent in the church and not to usurp authority over a man blows me away
2: and Gloria Copeland Oh, yeah. You know, like Ken Copeland's worth $5 billion.
1: Oh, yes, that's right, brother. That's another one. That's another one. But it's just amazing. But then again, it shouldn't be to any of y'all because the Word of God, quote, unquote, is relative. The way all the translations, here I go again about these translations, the way all these new translations and everybody, well, I like this, I like that. Well, man... just find one you like and think what you want to think. Everything's relative if that's the way you want to go, if you fall into that category, because therefore your opinion stands in judgment on the Word of God. And that's why it is pure heresy. And that's why you have the problems you have today. One of the reasons for the problems you have in the body of Christ. But anyway, let's go ahead and get started, Brother Dave, and um Let's go back through the uh, the curses that the Lord, the penalties that He lays down, and then we'll get into verse fifteen and on and forward. Okay.
2: Um, the curses.
1: You know where like, He tells you know the woman and man. Oh yes.
2: Mhm. Okay. Um, I guess. Well, that the curses part. Verse nine. Yeah. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat.
1: Okay. We mentioned um, previously about the light covering, how they knew they were naked. We went to Psalms 104 and to Matthew chapter 19, and I showed you the scriptures that seemed to indicate that there were they were covered, Their nakedness was covered with a light, some kind of light. The glory of God, probably like the Lord. On the Mount Transfiguration in Matthew 17, it was some kind of light covering that covered them. And when they sinned, that light covering was gone. It dissipated. It was no more. Therefore, their nakedness was revealed. And they did did realize that they were naked. And the Lord's asked them, who told you this? You know, who told you this? And then he starts, Adam starts the blame game. He blames God. And I made the statement the other night that eventually this this claim that he makes against God is going to be played out in its entirety here in the millennial reign because there will be no blame. The problem will fall right back on Adam because the excuse does not hold water. The fallen nature of man, no matter what, is there. And until it's eradicated, You can't blame Satan for everything. The blame game is the mirror. There's where your problem is. The old man. You'll have a sin nature till the day you die. And only the new birth and only the regeneration can split those two supernaturally and make a new creature in Christ Jesus. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Understanding that can save you a lot of problem with all this false doctrine running around out there today, right, Brother Dave? Amen. Because that that spiritual circumcision that splits those two, that it it's just it once you understand that, then you'll understand those verses, like it says in John that I mentioned the other night, that he that is born of God doth not commit sin. Neither can he sin because his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin. That's part of the spiritual circumcision. The, the, the foreshadow of the spiritual circumcision was when the Lord told Abraham and then Moses and that, that the physical circumcision through the Old Testament. And when you get through with the Old Covenant into the New, that's when the spiritual circumcision takes place that cuts loose. The soul and spirit from the old man, and that's what makes it possible to be sinless, and therefore the verse in First John and Paul talks about that spiritual circumcision. And we'll go. I've went through it many, many times before. Probably too fast. I realize that. I'll slow down this time, brother Pete, uh, brother Kevin. I'll try to slow down, and we'll, maybe we'll get it nailed down better this go around. But anyway, you got anything you want to add, Brother, brother Dave, before we we'll go for, forward? No. Okay. Go right ahead, Brother. Uh,
2: verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat.
1: Okay. That word beguiled, Brother Dave, what is the con- connotation in the in the Hebrew there, if you don't mind? Okay. And, Brother Chad, you go to 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1 through 4, and look it up in the Greek, okay? While Brother Dave looks it up in the Hebrew. Okay. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, it means to to um, deceive, to beguile utterly. There's also a primitive root to lead astray, to delude, or morally to seduce. Mm-hmm. That's the Strong's. That's right. And uh the Hebrew Chalde, Yeah, it just is basically the same.
1: Go- right. To go... It's a holy it's a holy it's holy seduced. It's a it is definitely one Brother Chad, you go ahead and read the Greek uh, definition in uh 1 Corinthians chapter 11 if you don't mind please, brother. Yeah, it's uh 2 Corinthians chapter 11.
0: I uh, beguiled. Yes, Greek eighteen eighteen, and it means to deceive. That's the biblical use of it. Uh, to deceive, to seduce, holy, beguiled, seduce deceived,
1: holy. Read holy. verses one through four, and you, the context will show you what I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes, Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Would to
0: God ye would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin
1: to Christ. Sexual,
0: sexual, sexual, yeah. boy, yes. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ.
1: See, people want to spiritualize that and make it a spiritual thing, but 1 John tells you plainly, see, later on we're going to run across the verse shortly, where Eve says, I've gotten a man from the Lord, talking about Cain. John says that, that, (laughs) that Cain was of that wicked one. Plainly tells you that. Dr. Ruppman, I to listen to him talking about it today, and he mentions the exact same thing, the verses that I, I've used before on this program, where John, where John plainly says that Cain was of that wicked one, and he's not talking about that he just did wicked things. He's talking the connotation and the, and, the, and the context says that Cain was Satan, that Cain was the child of Satan are the Nakosh. Amen. Yes. That, yes. That's what is that that's the connotation of the context that and it's a sexual thing. Continue reading, Brother Chad, finish on, that on out through verse four.
0: Verse four for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, Ye might well bear with him.
1: Okay, the 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 acceptance of that gospel is that free gift. I'm talking about all the time, and Paul tells you it needs to be accepted. He classifies believers with non-believers throughout the Book of Corinthians and other books and other epistles. And and, and I say this just to slam the ones out there that try to teach that there's no recipient of anything that it's just something that flushes down on everybody with Israelite blood. And that's not the case at all. Not according to the book. It's their case that they try to make, but the dog won't hunt. And when we get to Matthew later on, where the Lord talks about those that come in and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, i tell you what, let's just go there, Brother Dave, and read it right now. If you don't mind, go to your concordance and look up uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in Matthew where the Lord talks about that, and let's see who goes into outer darkness. This is going to kick some folks between the teeth, between the eyes, excuse me. This is the separation between the bride of Christ, folks, and the rest is so there there's such there's a chasm there, there's a division there that you could not miss as long as you will bow to the scripture instead of bow to to tradition and what somebody might think of you. There's a division that has to be made there because the book makes the division between the bride and the others. Found it yet, brother? Um
2: Okay, is it Luke 3.34? Which? It's in Matthew. No, that's... Yeah.
1: It's in Matthew.
2: Okay, Matthew. Oh, yes. I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob.
1: No, it's going to say when we all come into the kingdom and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the way it's okay. going to
2: read. Thought it oh, yes. Here we are. Matthew 8.11. Okay. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth.
1: And Jesus... That don't sound too good for uh, (laughs) some folks that teach national salvation, does it?
4: Yeah,
2: Mm -hmm. well,
1: no. Definitely doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> no, it doesn't. That's the, and that's the kingdom of heaven, folks. That's, that's what I've been, I've been telling you. When Brother Chad has been in Matthew, you, once you understand the difference in the two kingdoms, this doctrine will clear up for you. Okay, Like I told you the other night, spiritual application could be made to all of, of chapter 6, 7, and 8. The Beatitudes, so to speak, or the Sermon on the Mount, all can be spiritual application can be made with any verse of Scripture. But doctrinal application, in other words, truth applicable for the present time, there's no way in the world you can make it work. It will not work. We went over an example the other night about calling somebody a fool, and then the Lord turned right around and called Cliff as a fool, didn't he, Brother Chad? Uh, yes, he did. So how are you going to throw the Lord in hell for that, huh? See what I mean? There, you, and it has to be reconciled. Because in the kingdom of heaven, if you call a man a fool, you will be in danger of hellfire. But right now, the spiritual application for that verse, it's just not, it, it's just not good to run around calling folks fools. You know, it really is no big deal. Sticks in stones. Like I said, the Lord called Cliffs for fools. Paul called the Galatians fools. I mean, you can go on and on and on. All right? So the doctrinal application is for the kingdom of heaven. Spiritual application can be made for right now. And you get those. You get that division in Timothy where it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the very first one on the list is what, Brother Jed? Doctrine. Bingo. For doctrine, for correction. For instruction in righteousness. Reproof. Reproof. Correction. Instruction in righteousness. See spiritual application. All scripture can be used for all those things, but it has to be rightly divided. That's the key. Right there. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. That's the kicker right there. And I think, uh,
0: like even for me, sometimes this is being like uh, high English or, or Renaissance English, we don't compute how bad the word fool actually is. Correct. Right. Like, that, that's a very, very bad, that's like, that's you know, in today's language, I can't even say it. That's, you calling someone a fool, that's, you know, something to, to, to contemplate.
1: Yeah, well, it's just like when the Lord said it uh, in one place about, that people that uh, are not soft to the earth are just they ought to be thrown to the dung heat. Well, if you wanna put that you can call that Renaissance thing, but if you want to, you put it in the street language, <laughs> it don't sound it don't sound too cool, does it? <laughs> Amen. You know See what like, I mean? Just like the filthy
0: rags of the old there Testament. you
1: go, that <laughs> adultered the the ministerial rags that's what that's what mm-hmm. is talking about when he talks about our righteousness, folks.
3: That's true.
1: You want the actual literal meaning? It's dirty minister rags. All right, that's just that's just the fact. So, aren't you glad King James cleaned it up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> if so so many people get offended. Oh, everything offends somebody some way. If you listen to the way every everybody talks today, oh, was well, that was offensive? Oh, they don't say anything offensive. When did all of a sudden offensive mean anything? I'm asking a question. When did that all start, Brother David? You know, if you got a time period when all that junk started, offenses. You know, mm. political correctness, brother.
2: Oh yes. When uh, did it
1: start? Okay, I think, uh, and um, I'm thinking back in in my life. I think it started somewhere in the '80s, didn't it?
2: Political correctness. Yeah, I probably it started to come about, I would think, in the 60s oh. with the hippies and everything, and peace and love and everyone I being equal. I was right in the middle and, of
1: all that, but I don't remember political correctness being involved with that.
2: No, you said when it started.
1: Oh, okay. Because Got that's yeah.
2: when, you know, blacks all became accepted right, as being equal
1: right. with whites and all that. You. Yeah, good. That's, that's excellent. That's excellent because that you're, you're, you're spot on. Desegregation, all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, folks. Let's go back to Genesis, brother. Okay.
2: Verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life.
1: Now, let me ask you a question. Just reading that right there, you wouldn't think much about it. Brother Steve was here today, and I went through this verse, and I said, have you ever stopped to think about this, Steve? Remember where the Bible says that dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return? Yes. Remember what he told, what the Lord, what Peter wrote down in Second Peter when he's talking about what Satan's doing today, going to and fro in the earth, seeing mm-hmm. whom, seeing whom he may what devour. Yeah, right. That's see what, mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I don't know what all's there. I'm just saying. it. The, it uh, the bell rang in my brain as I was thinking through this thing, and I, I, I said, I'm going to bring it up and let Brother Chad and Brother Dave, y'all think about that, see if you can tie it in with something else. There's, there's something there, okay? There's something there. Oh, out. yes. Don't really know what all it, the connotations because are. We don't
2: know of any serpent or reptile being that eats dirt.
1: That's correct. Bingo! You're right on. There's something. To, there's something here, big time. Don't know what it is, but it's it's here. Don't know where the other verses. I mentioned one in Peter, and then another one about dust out to dust. I shall return. Those two, and there's probably some more that I haven't thought of yet. But like I said, the bell just rang today. As far as me thinking, there might be something here. I've been through it, but never thought twice about it. I thought it was just talking about, you know, a slithering snake running around with his nose stuck in the dust, you know. But those other scriptures, that seem to indicate there's more than meets the eye.
3: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, amen. I think think there's something there. Verse 15, brother.
2: You know, in this um, verse, it... The, about the serpent, we never mentioned it. Do you want to mention about how the root word for yes. serpent is yes. actually about talking about an enchanter, right. one who practiced divining and casting of spells and practice of divination?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely.
2: And so uh, I'm looking at the root word here, and it's um, the Hebrews fifty-one seventy-two, and the Strong says. Uh, nakash, a primitive root, properly to hiss, i.e. whisper a magic spell, mm. generally to prognosticate, to divine an enchanter, enchantment. Learn to experience, indeed diligently observe. So we see that this this being, this beast, that is a beast above all beasts, was able to beguile by seduction and by hissing as a snake, enchanting, whispering, enchanting spells that totally seduced Eve, like caught her off guard and she was like, maybe, you know how they um, put people under spells and they hypnotize them and get them to do things? Like put her in a semi-hypnotic state where she was open to believe just about anything.
1: Open to, to suggestion. Yes, and seduction. And, and and the age old, the age old saying Whisper sweet nothings in my ear. Ah uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes. It's all in the book. Go right ahead, brother.
2: Okay. Verse fifteen. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel.
1: And here begins the war, like I mentioned the other night. Here begins the seed war, and a doc said it today when I was listening to him. He said this war is going, he, he brought, the, he went into talking about the, well, maybe I just ought to do it myself and bring up some of the stuff that he said right off the bat. Today, the world is sex crazy. Everything's about sex this, sex that. The world's even got the word sex wrong, folks. They try to use it as a verb. The word sex means male or female. That's all it means. Sex is not an act. It's not a verb. They've changed the meaning of words. That's why you hear me holler and scream about it all the time. Sex is male or female. Sex is not an act. The world has made it a verb and made it an act, but that, that's not the dictionary term. Correct, Guy? You understand that? Yeah.
2: Sex mm-hmm. is
1: male or female. It's not a verb. The dictionary will tell you male or female. What sex are you? What's the world has turned it into a verb, and it's not. Just like they yeah. turned the word gay into a faggot Frisco homosexual when the word gay, we went before and read what the meaning was in the book of James. They have twisted the words. Well, where did the twisting of the words start? All the way back here in Genesis. There's nothing new under the sun.
5: Have you thought
1: about that, Chad? Got me on mute again. Anyway.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. I was I was just uh, meditating just, on just the,
1: muting, I
0: know. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, I was looking at at sex and and it's you know it comes from sectus secto to divide is what it means and it's it's a scientific term. Like you said, it's just it's used in botany, it's used for animals. That's all it ever was.
2: Uh, Correct. Interesting to divide because what did God do with Adam?
0: He divided
2: the male and the female from him. <laughs> right. Yeah. He
0: divided. Them. Exactly. And and this goes back to the first mention of, because you got me on this dust thing now, devouring men, Genesis two seven, he created man of dust. Yes. That's the first mention, and then the second mention is that the serpent will shall eat dust his whole oh, day.
1: Oh, that is good, brother Dave. you Hear that? First mention it been dust, and yeah, then right behind it. Here we go with the serpent eating dust.
4: Right
2: away. Love uh, first mention.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good stuff.
0: Very good stuff. That's uh, but six, wow.
1: but thanks, folks. I don't know. See, this just this just adds on to the list. Of why I'm always talking about the meaning of words and how twisting the meaning of words has such dire consequences, especially with the book. There's no you if you you can change a word like sex when it means male or female into an act of fornication or some lustful act, where you mention the word which meant nothing but. It, was, it had no bad connotations. It just did, it, it, there was a delineation between male and female and turned it into what the world's gone crazy over. Well, there's nothing new under the sun. What do you have here? See, the Catholics, Brother Dave can tell me if I'm right or wrong, mm-hmm. the Catholics teach that adultery was original sin. Am I correct, Brother Dave? Yes, Okay, you know why they teach it? Because it is here. Because yeah. it takes place here. Folks, Yes. They're right. Doc was talking about that today. And here we go, right, to start off with what happens. Here, here, here is this, this act of fornication that takes place along with the eating of the tree. The dual thing, like I said. Right here to start did the first three chapters, which brings on the first prophecy in the scripture, which lays the foundation here in this chapter for all kind of doctrine in the New Testament. The fall of man that, bring, uh, that Paul talks about in the first six chapters and seven chapters of the book of Romans when he lays out his theological discourse. Okay, then you go, what happens? Here, sex, well, I'm, I'm just going to use the worldly term. Here the sexual thing takes place between the Nakash Eve and Adam well you go to Genesis 9 what do you have Mm -hmm. another sexual encounter wait excuse me let me back up you go to Genesis 6 and what do you have sex again angels with women corrupting the whole human race to where God had to destroy everything well what happens right after they come out of the ark boom sexual act again ham goes in and commits sodomy there's a sexual act again now right at the first of the chapter it tells you that god blessed noah and his sons. he can't bless he can't curse ham because he's done blessed him so what does he do curses his seed all right another sexual act Oh, well, how far do you go again Abraham runs down into Africa and gets Hagar for a wife. And what does wind up doing? Starting a a hatred that's been going on ever since. And now look who's trying to take over and the sea of humanity of Muslim Mohammedans trying to take over everything, the Ishmaelites everywhere. Sexual act caused again by Abraham. He couldn't wait on God, even though he's called the great man of faith. But he couldn't wait on God for Sarah to come through with the promise that it would be her seed. He just couldn't, he just didn't have enough faith. Even though he is a father of faith, isn't it amazing how the Lord overlooks some things in the people he chooses? Then you have the sexual act between Judah and dying. what was the woman's name? Tamar? Tamar, yeah. Yes, yeah, Tamar. You have the sexual act there. It's just sex. And then, oh, before you even get there, what happens? Lot. You have incest that takes place between daddy and daughter. It causes two races of people, two tribes of people, the Ammonites and Moabites. <laughs> Folks, there's no, all the pedophilia, all the sex stuff that's going on today. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. It's all right here in the book. And it's just, it's just, it's just one sexual drama after another. Even do you get to a man after God's own heart? What gets him all messed up? Same thing.
5: This fornication
1: that takes place in the Bible, these big events that take, what was Samson? He couldn't leave the women alone. I mean, it's just over and over and over again. And like I said back, whenever Adam chose Eve instead of God, you have the problem with the man and the woman, that intermingling, that that lust of man for woman that takes place and has been taking place for all these thousands of years where a man will choose a woman over the Lord. You couldn't beat this book with a beating machine. It's all laid out. The whole drama, the parts of the play, the thing that's taking place, then all, then you got the man after God's own heart. And God would not allow him to build a temple because of what took place with that sexual act with Uriah the Hittite's wife, Bathsheba. And the reason the Lord was so hard on do you ever thought about why the Lord was so hard on David about that, that one simple thing? I mean, I don't mean that it like it's a light thing. Don't mis- don't misunderstand me. But have you really thought about why the Lord was so tough on David about that. He explains it if you've read First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. He explains why. Because see, so he said I gave you Saul's wives. He had four wives, and he went on and said I'd give you more if you'd have needed them. If you if you'd have wanted, I'd give you more. But no. Like when Nathan came in and talked about that ewe lamb that he took, pointed the finger and said, Thou art the man, Brother Dave, remember that? Yes. Well, the problem with David was he could have had anything he wanted. God would have given him anything he wanted, but he chose to step out of bounds and have a man killed to take his wife. When the Lord said, I'd have give you more, I gave you all Saul's wives, and would have give you more if you'd have needed them? This should be a lesson. You ought to learn a spiritual lesson out of this.
2: And there's uh, Solomon, too, who spoke with the Lord, and the Lord gave him wisdom that he asked.
1: That's right.
2: I mean, few men were as close to God for a period of his life than he was.
1: That's absolutely correct, brother. But the the lesson to be learned from David, it'd be like somebody that, it'd be like Bill Gates going out and stealing a a loaf of bread from a poor man that barely had enough to feed his family. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's like David taking Uriah the Hittite's wife Bathsheba. Yes. That's why God just wouldn't let that one go. That's bad. So you just extrapolate that out into sins in your life. Okay? Into idolatry. And things like that that when I when when the word idolatry is mentioned, immediately what do you think about? You think of a statue or something. And folks, I'm telling you idolatry under the new covenant is a lot tougher than under the old. There's a whole lot of stuff a lot tougher because it's inward. It's spiritual. It's inside. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. That idolatry. And so many people that I'm talking to right now, downloaders, maybe some in the chat, you have a problem with sex. Okay? It'll eat at you. It's just like other sins. It'll eat at you if you have a super bad problem with it. It's like other, it's just, it'll take more and more and more. To fulfill the desire, you can learn all you want to learn about sex, and uh, go buy a book in one hour. You can learn everything you, that there is to know about sex. Everything, really and truly, I'm. I'm this is just fact. And, and then it, it's such a big deal to everybody. That's the number one thing. That's what sells. Sex. 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 And you can go read a book, learn everything there is to know about it in an hour. And they try to act like there's something new. There's nothing new under the sun. Leviticus chapter 20 talks about sex with animals. Why does it do that? You think, oh my goodness, that's so, oh, nobody would do that. Really? Like I said before, we've done had incest, men, we have Ham going into his daddy. Or his mother, either one. It was a sexual act that took place there, and the curse went on his seed. And then you have Leviticus chapter twenty. Just go there and read, brother David. I'll make some comments about this some about some okay. of this stuff. jealous is what he's going to be reading about. Okay, and you wonder why. David was told not to go down, not to buy any horses out of Egypt. Why did God kill all the animals in the flood? Were the animals sinners? See, when it said all flesh was corrupted, the Word of God just wasn't whistling Dixie. All that connotation of sexual misconduct between the angels and the genetic manipulation, not just the angels' sex with women, but all the animals were corrupted. And God wiped them out. So here in Leviticus 20, there's sex problems going on with animals. Let's read about it, Brother Dave. Okay. Leviticus
2: 20, verse 15. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall surely be put to death. Ye shall slay the beast. And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down thereto, thou shalt kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death.
1: Their blood shall be upon them. Absolutely. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, brother. But the thing about it is, folks, you, you think about that stuff seems far away from you, doesn't it, when it's going on all over the place all the time. And you say, well, you would never do anything like that, folks. If you get in by, if if sex happens to be your besetting sin, it will drive you. It's just like any other sin. It'll start out a little bit, then it'll get a little more and a little more and a little more and a little more. Have you ever do you ever, do you ever wonder why at the the fathers they go in sexual deviancy is where nothing pleases but hearing somebody's dying scream. That's the only thing. They get to the point to where that's the only thing that fulfills. And that's what's in every old nature. Read all about it. Brother Chad, go to Romans 1 while I'm talking. Yes. See, folks, there's nothing there's nothing new under the sun, and it's just going to get worse. Now they got queer marriage It's legal. Say, so what's this got to do with Genesis three? Because we tied the sexual act in Genesis three, and I'm just talking about how the Word of God's plain about it. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. They just don't do these acts down in New Orleans. Say, as the Kunass say, New Orleans. It goes on all over this country wherever there's fallen nature, the propensity for sin and go if it goes unchecked will lead to its ultimate end. Do you realize that the The ultimate end of Satan's desire, when he's thrown into the lake of fire, his blessing will be hearing the screams of lost souls through eternity. That will be his blessing because of his fall is so deep and dark and so bad. That's his blessing. That's his reward. See, he gets his reward. Don't forget what he says in Revelation 20. That there'll be every man whatever his work is. Satan's work's been purely evil. He will get, he will get this glee out of listening to the screams of poor man, of lost sinners for eternity. Romans 1, start about verse 16, brother. Nothing new under the sun.
0: (laughs) Yes, verse 16, this would be your number one memorized scripture, if I recall correctly, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith.
1: Brother Dave, while Brother Chad's reading this, I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2. Okay. Verse 18. For the wrath of
0: God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power as Godhead.
1: And Godhead.
0: Correct. Even his eternal power and Godhead. I mean, this, uh, I, this is an important verse. Verse 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Yeah even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are
1: without excuse. Man, that's a powerful verse. There is is no excuse. None. Just by creation itself, see? But the Lord even gets it down further than that. For For the atheist and everybody that tries to come up with some kind of excuse. Everything you see, folks, Everything that goes on and has been going on as far as unregenerate man goes is they want to get away from accountability, see? Anything, even the people, like I said, I made mention the other night, I think, that the flat earth movement is starting to be, there's a bunch of these people that want to get away from the firmament. Because they they want they want to take it in a direction where there won't be any accountability. Folks, <laughs> sinners are always going to be sinners, and when that word accountability, having to give an account for oneself, comes up, they don't. The old nature don't like it. Okay, and they that's that that's a, one of the directions that they're trying to go. A bunch of them are anything but God. Any, anything but the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? That's what because once you bring the Lord Jesus Christ into the mix, then you have accountability. Then there has to be personal accountability to Creator God. And that's what the old nature does not like. That's why scientists will even hint at intelligent design. Even some uh, doctrinal, some of the big um, denominations are even talking about intelligent design. Anything but Jesus Christ, see, because they don't want the personal accountability to anybody. They want, all the way back Genesis, they want to be their own gods. Satan says, what's that promise? And ye shall be as gods, no one good and evil. And it's just over and over and over again. And here you got Brother Dave. Brother Chad, keep on reading. Finish it on out. And let's say the, all these people, sounds like it sounds like you've got on the Internet and went to a bunch of news sites, what Brother Chad's fixing to read. Go ahead, brother.
0: Oh, my Lord. You heard about these eunuchs, and they're all so good. They treat mm-hmm. te- teaching them in Sunday schools, these homos and all this, making excuses. They mm-hmm. are without excuse. Amen. They are without excuse. Verse 21, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools.
1: That's Neil grass, Tyson. Amen. That blue gum. That's him. Claiming themselves to be wise, they become fools. Whenever you rely on man's wisdom, folks, we've read it a million times. It is foolishness with God. He just he sits in the in in the heavenlies and laughs. It even says he laughs. Ha ha. He says he laughs because it's so ludicrous. Man thinks he's so smart. And women think they're the secondary creation that was made to be a helpmate. Secondary creation, I said, Made from the one they're supposed to serve. And look up to, like Jesus Christ, trying to take the position Of a man themselves And I don't mean nothing I'm saying in by malice by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a fact. It is absolutely silly. It is absolutely silly. If you stop,
5: push back and think about it.
1: How do you like it now, baby? How do you like your liberation now? Continue reading, Brother Chad.
0: Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator?
1: And who folks, just, I'm going to stop right there and part just a second. Because that is one of the most prevalent things in America today that has such an innocent cover story to it. It's Amen. It's so no innocent. Oh, precious little animals, precious little dogs. Folks, it's idolatry. It's like I mentioned the other night. Anything is idolatry if the affections are put ahead of God. Yeah, do, do, don't you are you, you mean you are Christian? And you don't know that. Any affection, ahead, he is a jealous God, and anything put before him is idolatry. Anything, anybody, anything. Period Rock, animal, tree, person, it does
5: bird, fish, it doesn't matter. If
1: the affections dictated to any inanimate or animate object exceeds the affection given to creator God the Lord Jesus Christ, it is idolatry. End of Biblical story. Can I get an amen from him? Amen. That's not hard. I can't help it, your Sunday school teacher didn't tell you that. And I can't help it, you can turn 50,000 stations on your cable vision and not hear that. But that is solid Bible doctrine. What is it you don't understand about love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind? It seems like to me that doesn't leave room for Toto, does it? Not if the affections for Toto are frisky feline exceeds that affection to God. How do you know if your affections exceed? You spend more time with who you love. You spend more of your finance with who you love the most. You spend your that's who you dictate your time with. Folks, this has been lost to the body of Christ. This type of teaching and preaching has been lost. That's why They're a bunch of lost, like they got blinders on running around out there. They have no light. And one reason is because there's no light in them. According to Isaiah, if they speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light in them.
5: I didn't say that. God said it. Now that's idolatry. That's just one. See? That's the impossible. Hey, listen, folks. It affects me just like it affects you
1: or supposed to affect you,
5: okay? I don't care what Aunt Sally told you. She might have been a dear, sweet soul.
1: But if she told you anything different than what I just told you, she was wrong. And your blessed old 78-year-old white-haired preacher, if he doesn't tell you what idolatry is today, if he doesn't tell you it's where your supreme affection lies, and if it's not God, then it's idolatry, then he's wrong too.
5: The Lord's going to make
1: it plain later on in Matthew when He talks about how He came to divide and break apart families, kids from fathers, daughters from mothers. It's all there, folks. None of this is made up. None of this is false doctrine. It's all the gospel
5: truth. What are you going to do with it? Are you
1: going to rearrange your life to align up with the book? Are you going to continue down the path to destruction? Or you just don't give a damn? It's one of those three. Continue reading, Chet.
3: Yes.
0: And worshiped and served the creature more than creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient.
1: And if Being... you're caught up in any of this, uh, it'll do you the same way. It'll over and over and over again. It'll call us over and that there will be no conviction. There will be no uh, knife-cutting conviction that will make you want to repent outside of God granting you that repentance. Brother: To do those things which are not
0: convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, murder debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure
1: in them that do them. Yep. They get pleasure in watching those that do the very things that God has just got through condemning laughing at it, entertainment, to have pleasure in them that do that. Have pleasure in faggot movies and stuff that put God down and the Lord Jesus, make fun of the Lord Jesus Christ or watch programs that will not use his name or slam. Now let's read a little bit about angel worship, Brother Dave, the last, about the last six verses in Colossians 2, because it was, this angel worship deal is coming back into, into vogue in a big way, folks. That old wheel just keeps on making its big old circle. There's nothing new under the sun, and it's, and it, and it's raising its head big time in a subtle way. Ancient aliens. You that watch those TV programs? They're our Savior, see? They lay out the plan of the Word of God, but yet they insert the aliens from outer space instead of, oh, the Anunnaki. See, anything that'll take away from accountability to God, see? Popular, yes, oh, it's so exciting, but see, they want an Anunnaki instead of, the angels that sin, see, by doing that, you snatch away accountability to a personal God.
2: Have y'all figured that out yet? Brother Dave, go ahead. Okay, Colossians 2, verse 18. Let no, <clears throat> excuse me, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Intrudu- intruding into those things which he hath not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind
1: absolutely and not holding go ahead brother.
2: and not <laughs> sorry
1: that's okay go ahead
2: and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increases with the increase of god
1: here you go, talking about the body of Christ. This worshiping of angels he's talking about here. Not only was he t- See, during Paul's time, Gnosticism was taking hold. Today, the angel worship is like we made reference to earlier, that some of you people think is probably ludicrous. I Me and Brother Dave was talking about it, about these people in natural bodies, but they're angelic spirits within human bodies. I thoroughly believe it with all of my body and mind and so that it's happening today. I thoroughly believe that some of the leaders of some of the biggest corporations in this world are not human, like we're human. I really do believe that. I believe that the principalities and powers and the divine council has taken a step downward. We don't see; they're all thrown down to earth. Don't you? The Book of Revelation tells you that. It just we don't, everybody wants to think. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Well, what makes you so sure? Huh? I don't see any date in that chapter. Do you, Brother Dave?
2: No, not at all.
1: But I sure do fruits that would that would end, uh going on around us that would indicate that it may be uh, done, started happening, or done happening. Don't you, brother?
2: Yes, absolutely. I believe we walk, they walk among us.
1: Yes, so do I. Just
2: about all the time, and we don't know
1: it. Absolutely, so do I.
2: But they know who we are. Oh, absolutely. Because they can see the light of God in our heart. They can see the Spirit of God blazing
1: forth in our heart. Amen. Amen. Amen, they can pick us out, just boom, 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 very simply. No problem. You say, well, those two guys, they're nuts. They've gone, they're superstitious, and they've gone crazy. Really, huh? Really, is that right? You believe somebody come out of a tomb after you've been dead for three days? You believe that? Yep, that's different. Oh, really?
5: No, it's not. You
1: believe that a? You believe that a jackass talked? Yeah, but that was back then. Why is it it's always that was back then? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts,
5: folks, why is it
1: always you? Well, you got the backward look, some of you people, but you claim to be Christian. What has happened? See, we've the supernatural world. The supernatural worldview is in vogue in a big way, folks. It's just it's been flipped from Christianity to paganism to anything, anything supernatural, except what leads you to accountability to a personal God and a responsibility. See.
5: Like I'll
1: continue to say it over and over and over again. That seed war is taking place as we speak. See, that's part of what I was—that's part of this angel business that I was talking about. All fits together because the. And
2: it's—it's no big stretch what you're saying there, and uh, angels often were seen in the Old Testament appearing just as men. As a matter of fact, in Daniel and in other places, the angels were called men.
1: <laughs> yes, and it warns you in Hebrews that you'll entertain them.
2: Yes. So, <laughs> and you yes. know, why should we think that Oh, we know better than God, that oh, angels don't walk among us? That's nonsense. Well, God says they will. And he said also, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So we'll just take God at his word then. That's
1: what we're supposed to do, absolutely. It's all, and it all boils back down to one thing, belief in the book, folks. Like I said, when we started the book of Genesis, the first seven words, if you really believe those with all your heart, mind, and soul, then the rest is detail. The rest is just details. This separates the wheat from the tares. Yes. <laughs> the seed war is between the wheats and the tares. The foot soldiers yes. on both sides, like Brother Dave told you about the oceans when we we're in Revelation. This ocean of people, these Ishmaelites and whatever's you know, flooding our countries. I wouldn't be shocked at all if a great majority of them were not all human either. How about it, Brother Dave?
2: Oh, absolutely. I remember seeing video when they were invading Europe last year, and there was one video that was super high definition, up close watching them. I think it was at the um, gates in Austria, and how they were climbing it over the fence and trying to get over and they were controlling them to a certain extent, but these people were getting wilder and wilder, that you could see these are not normal people, all of them. The the way they were baying and crying out like animals, behaving like animals, I don't just mean bestial people, but I mean, there's some gene in them that made them chimera or something.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you folks, say if you If you write down this verse and stop and just say, okay, I'm going to let my mind, I'm going to think about this in the light of all the Scripture and in the light of present-day activity, then I'm I'm, going to see the possibilities. How was it during the days of Noah? Why did God kill all the animals? Why does he say all flesh was corrupt? Well, if the coming of the Son of Man is going to be the same way, that's what he said. So wouldn't you think that there would be some corrupting going on like Brother Dave just mentioned about the gene? Wouldn't you think in these laboratories, like they'll do something for 10 years and be done, done it a thousand times and finally they'll say, oh, yeah, we just did this like in Great Britain when they mix the chimeras between animals and humans. Yes. And they've been doing it for every years, day. and finally they say they did it. Folks, that goes on all the time. That's not conspiracy theory, folks. It keeps happening over and over and over again. And, folks, you will not and you refuse to study it out for yourself and understand what's going on some of you. I'm talking to everybody. Because you refuse to believe the supernatural worldview in the light of the Word of God. I said in the light of the Word of God. Don't you think it's strange that all the monster movies and since the beginning of television and everything... Don't you think there's been an agenda behind it by the powers that be see do you see first you got to ask yourself do you believe that there is do you believe john ephesians six twelve do you believe the divine counsel do you believe psalms eighty two see once you understand those then you understand a little bit more what's going on How about the prince of Persia and the prince of Grisha, they haven't went anywhere. There's nothing in the scriptures that say that they got destroyed. Well, if there's a prince of Grisha and a prince of Persia, don't you imagine there's a prince of the United States as well? And Great Britain and Canada? Now, that's assumption. assumption. I admit that. But that we find that there is a, an angel that stands for God's people. His name is Michael. Daniel twelve, right, brother Dave? Yes. So you start understanding that you'll understand a little bit more about the waves, these oceans of people. There they have an angel. There's uh, there's some there's part of uh, the supernatural, the entities that are there over them as well. Like when God divided the nations and set over these people different divine entities. See, the the word of God is so fantastic, folks. You could, I mean, it's so exciting. It's not boring at all. But see, this is what this is, and the Lord knew this would happen. This day, this this age of faith that we've been going through, where the Lord specifically did such a marvelous work, such a fantastic supernatural, kinsman, redeemer, blood sacrifice. He did such a wonderful thing, and he put forth the free gift, but he kind of pulled back on the outpouring of supernatural things that anybody could go outside and look up and see for a reason. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things, N-O-T-S-E-E-N, not seen. But that was for a reason see now as the veil comes down and as the restrainer is taken away like i've told you many times and as i'm hearing now some some of the good teachers they're saying the same thing that brother don told you four years ago they're starting to say the same exact same thing about this restrainer coming getting pulled back Even they're even mentioning it may be done in increments, some of them are, like I presented and put forth. It may not all come at one time. But as that veil is ripped, just like the veil was rent in twain at the resurrection, at the the one time when when Christ died, that big old huge, huge veil, Brother Dave was talking about the other night, how big it was. It yes. was rent in twain supernaturally. Well when this veil that separates that's holding back, see, don't you think that they would have done come on the scene and done their dirty work? Don't they they're itching to get at you folks? You like la- you're laughing, aren't you? When I say stuff like that. They're itching to get at you. They hate you. They despise you. They hate you with a demonic hatred that words, the English language has no words to describe. Error doesn't even come close. How do you know that, brother? All you've got to do is pay attention as we go through the demonic possessions that we're going to scan over in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Get in. Study this book. Maybe the Lord will show you something that will help me and Brother Chad and Brother Dave out. It'll give, some, give us some light on some things that the Lord hasn't shown us. Nobody's got a lock on the truth. Each individual is taught by the Spirit of God and has the ability to be shown things that are not shown to others. It's not presented to everybody in the same way. There's a learning curve. Different people learn at different speeds. If, if, the, if the facts are the same, if the studying is the same, if the intellect is the same, if things are on equal ground, the Lord still does some with some that he doesn't do with others. So the Lord's liable to reveal something to you that will absolutely break open some of these doctrines that I've just hinted at that i've just the Lord's given me a glimpse into Some of the stuff that Brother Dave's just got a glimpse into, and brother Chad and Brother Chad's young in the faith. But the Lord's given him nuggets alone. Like what he mentioned a while ago was an
5: excellent example.
1: Think about this stuff. All this sexual stuff gone mad. Even in the New Testament, you don't get, in in the old CI church, what do you got? Man going to bed with his mother. You know what the blue gums call that?
5: <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. And the guy's a Christian man. See, in the old under the old covenant, it'd be death. Both of them death under the law.
1: <laughs> people just don't think. Brother Chad, you have got anything y'all want to add, Brother Dave? We'll go ahead and shut it down for tonight. Um,
2: I, I thought it was worth mentioning just for a few minutes here about you know, a lot of person, people when they first read this story about Adam and Eve here in chapter 3, this this word of God. This is no story. This is facts. I didn't mean that story in the sense sure. of. Yeah, this was an account of what happened. Mm-hmm. And this serpent, you know, we're, we're drawing the facts out that there was seed born from this. This um, serpent, well, if we look at 3 1, we see that this was more subtle than any beast of the field. So when I read that, I see that this serpent was a beast. And this beast was more subtle than any other beast of the field. So I'm saying, okay, it's a beast. And then when I look at this word in the Hebrew, because I'm thinking, okay, serpent, serpent. People don't have sex with serpents. I mean... There might be some really weird, twisted people in the I world, know what you mean. but yeah. you know, I don't think anything's going to be born from that. And so I'm, t- okay, I look at it in the Hebrew, and it says, okay, the main, this this is the only definition in the Strong's. It says, from H5172, a snake from its hiss, a serpent. And then in the Hebrew, it, it says that it's a serpent so-called from its hissing. And so when we looked at the root, we've seen that the hissing is the enchantment, is the magical spells, is the whispering, the hiss of the whispering in the ear of Eve. So we see that this is a beast of some kind and that it hissed and was called a serpent because of its hissing. But the hissing was actually magical spells. And if we we look at all kinds of verses in scripture, and I'll use New Testament revelations in chapter 4, we see that there's four beasts that stand in the midst of the throne of God. Didn't say they were angels. Didn't say that they were some kind of cherubim or seraphim. That maybe they were seraphim. But it calls them four beasts. And the one beast, there was four, and each one one was a, a, a calf, one was a man. And the first beast was like a lion in Revelation chapter 4, verse 7. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. Mm. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And then if you go and you look in Isaiah, which we've done before, we see about the seraphims, and they, there's the ones that had the face of a man and the hands of a man and the feet of a man. Hmm. So we see that there are beasts that are supernatural creatures. And so if angels fell, these beasts could likely fall.
3: Well, of course, was it, absolutely.
2: Right. So was this beast, that is called a serpent here in the King James English, and I've taken it for what it says. They called it a serpent because of the hissing. Now, this beast was able to fornicate, so it wasn't in the sense of a full blown reptilian snake that was not a supernatural beast. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely, yes. You're spot on, brother.
2: Yeah. And it talks about it right there in our New Testament, about these beasts looking like men. So could it not be one of these type of creatures that came down and seduced and did these magical spells and hissed and seduced and lied about the Word of God and seduced Eve? And from that copulation came forth, this seed, came That's
1: Correct. And another thing to remember also is there. there's no mention of any putting off the orcuterion. Yes. See there? Absolutely, yeah. It goes right along <laughs> That's with right. what you're saying, brother.
2: But because we know for a fact, as much as we love the little translation here, that snakes cannot copulate with people and produce anything.
1: That's right. And the point and I brought out before was the... The reptilian species is probably the seraphim, the faith that when it talks about it in Ezekiel 4, it gives the faces of what a cherubim is, but when it gets to one face, it just says the face of a cherubim.
4: Yes.
2: You and you can handy? check those out for people that want to read about them more in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 2 to 6, and also you can look at it in um, Isaiah 14, 29, Mm -hmm. and you see that these seraphim are known as serpents or fiery flying serpents.
1: That's right. That's later on in Isaiah. Absolutely. Yes. Makes perfect sense,
2: brother. Mm -hmm. Because if you just, Take that in the perfect literal way that it's saying. It's how do snakes talk? How do snakes do all this? Right? Why would God punish a snake
1: right.
2: for lying when snakes can't talk and right. so forth?
1: I think the serp- look I think at when it, it says serpent right there. That is that it. In my opinion, in my opinion, that is talking about the seraphim part of the cherubim. And right. I, believe, I believe that they can transform into any of those four faces into right. a full blown entity like a man, like you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Yes. Makes perfect sense. You can pay. You it, it'll tie together spiritually and scripturally, bro. They no doubt about it. Yeah, and it
2: was happening like we said. Like you know, these were there before the foundation of the world. And we see them there in Revelations too. So, you know, there it, the it says a, of a third
1: part. of the heavenly host. See, the heavenly host encompasses not only angels.
2: Ah, uh, absolutely. Yes, good point. There you go.
1: Yes. a lot of these things that people see that they call. I hate to get woo-woo and go science fiction on you, and maybe it's not even science fiction. Why is it they talk about these reptilians? You know, are they seraphim? You know, yes. Could yes. they possibly be seraphim? Mm-hmm. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Somewhere. Right. somewhere. And
2: when in in Revelations, it talks about this dragon coming up out of the ocean and from the pit. These dragons, you know, um, they're creatures that exist.
1: Right. I mean, that's all... The the word dinosaur, folks, is a joke, okay? It didn't even come into existence until the uh, late 1800s. There's no such thing as dinosaurs, okay? Brother Kenny Bouguet, if you got it, I believe in dinosaurs. Well, you're wrong. I don't. Okay? <laughs> I don't believe if you study that out you realize that every museum that there is that's got supposed dinosaurs the picture the 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 frame their, their skeleton that's not folks those are papier mache and made up stuff they claim that the real bones are hid away nobody sees them check it out or they out. have like
2: two bones and they right, reconstruct the right. whole thing
1: that's right they could have they be the bone of a cow in the bone of a, um, you know, an elephant. For all we know, it's just lie after lie after lie. And behind it, you say, "Oh, it's too big a conspiracy. Couldn't happen, folks." The greatest conspiracy, the greatest one, is Psalms two, and that's part of what we're talking about. Psalms two is a conspiracy, all right. And the ones involved is part of what we're talking about here. And the agenda behind it all is for one purpose. Just like the Lord's purpose is for the context of the scripture to be fulfilled. Well, the the antithesis to that is the agenda to stop it from taking place like God said. Amen?
2: Amen. Amen.
1: And everything Brother Dave's talking about is purely spot on. Goes right along with what we're talking about. And there's more here. And the Lord's going to reveal more and more as that bell starts to come down, folks, because if we're here, and it looks like we're going to be, it's going to be a shock. Like it's, can you? Why do you think it says in Luke that men's hearts will fail them for fear, for looking at those things that are coming upon the earth? Why do you think that is? Why will men have heart attacks just for seeing something. We know it ain't got nothing to do with no Nibiru and all that stuff because of the firmament. So what's it talking about? I'm telling you folks that underneath, underneath our feet, there's another world. I thoroughly believe that. Yes, I do too. I thoroughly believe that. Every culture... For thousands of years, is believed the same thing. Just like the, the flood is worldwide known, okay? Across this plain, every culture knows about the flood in somewhere way or another. That's right. End. And just like every, they know about the flood, they also know about a world underneath this one. And I thoroughly believe it's inhabited. According to the Word of God, it talks about people under the earth. Plainly tells you... In Philippians, that every knee shall bow things on earth and under the earth. Turn to Exodus 20, brother. Real quick, and we'll go ahead and shut it down. Okay. Read the first couple of verses in Exodus chapter 20. Listen to what the Lord said.
2: Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven or that is in the earth beneath. Listen
1: now, listen now, go ahead. Or that is
2: in the water under the earth. Ah,
1: yes. Water under the earth? What's he talking about? (laughs) Uh, He ain't talking about a little stream. Um, (laughs) Not talking about a crawfish in a cave, is he, brother? (laughs) No, no. Right there in the very first part of the Ten Commandments. Something under the earth. All the when I took y'all, and it seemed like it was in my Gestalt way of teaching. When we went to e- uh, Ezekiel and read about those beings under the earth with their swords under their heads, all that yes. stuff, folks, it all ties together. It all ties together, brother Chad. You're getting that Gestalt stuff, aren't you? Yes, Amen. You're starting to to understand it more now, aren't you?
0: I am. It all
1: ties together.
0: I'm using it, yes. Amen, brother. I use it on myself. (laughs)
2: Amen. You know, if we are told not to make any graven image of these things that are in heaven, in the earth, or in the water, under the earth, that means that these beings have a form and a shape that you can see and comprehend, and therefore you replicate it and make an image of it. So what we've been talking about, these beings that do exist in the supernatural as well as in the physical on earth, you can make images of them because you can see them.
1: Right. And just like the Lord showed you by His ability to eat and to drink, And touch me, for you see not a spirit hath flesh and bone as you see me have. Those entities we're talking about. See, you think, when you think about those things, probably your mind goes, it's some wispy spirit that can't do us any harm. Well, all it has to do is transform into a body, a heavenly body. That's a spiritual body. But yet, it's it's a physical spiritual body, not some kind of spirit they can't do any harm to anybody. Once they transform into that spiritual, that physical, spiritual entity, like it talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, there's bodies celestial and bodies terrestrial. There's bodies spiritual and physical that you can touch that are just like the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like the angels that sat around and ate with Abraham. And Lot. That's right. See, folks, it all ties together. It's not some fantasy supernatural pipe dream. It's not superstition. All it lacks is the restrainer being gone and the veil being torn apart. And then that period of time that'll be like never has been since the earth was created or ever shall be that's part of it okay that's part that's one of the reasons it's so terrible can you wrap your mind around it i can't it's hard it's hard to it's hard to think about something for 2000 years that nobody's had a good taste of. And I'm using that metaphorically. Just think about that. Pray about that. And
2: and that's why people like Israelites and the, the nations around them spent so much time in worshiping these beings and making graven images to them, which someone had seen. And they're... Manifest power was undeniable, and that hasn't changed. They can still,
1: yes, they can still manifest that power they have. Absolutely, brother. They sure can. They sure can, and they will. Remember in Revelation, the armies that come up and do men hurt? Remember those locust armies?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: With the, all that chimera-looking stuff, with the head of a hair of a woman in the face of a lion, and all that stuff. Remember that?
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. And all together,
1: folks. That's and, how I still,
0: and the ones where they're walking on the walls, like
1: ah, oh, that's that's in Joel too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the imagery is, is fantastic. Like, and you see these guys, uh, some of these artists or whatever these. And they're demonic artists, and they create those demonic images. And it's like you say, there's nothing new under the sun. And they're, they're, it's they're, all their vain imaginations. They're the inventors of evil things. Isn't that what we just read somewhere in Romans, I think? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the inventors of these evil things. But the, it's like us, you, you can't, there's nothing you can invent. All you can do is reveal what what God has already created. Mm-hmm. These things exist. If somebody like when when I see these used to watch these Hollywood movies I used to say well that must exist somewhere or else they wouldn't be able to even show it or or it's or it's a, or it's an invention of evil obviously because if if it's a space movie it's it's it doesn't exist but you know what I mean
1: wonder just wonder just imagine this for a second wonder if what everybody thought was science fiction was actually reality, and what everybody thought was reality, was fiction. Wouldn't that be a trip?
2: That's so true. A lot of the cases, oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we've been on quite a long time, and I know everybody's tired, so we're fixing to shut it down. But I mentioned a while ago about idolatry, and I want to close the program. I want to show you something that puts forth that idolatry, into you folks more than you'll ever know, and you're only going to find this worded this way in a King James Bible. Okay, so I want to tell you that right now, Rub front. But there is hope. There, the, the the way to protect yourself against this stuff. Brother David Hummel mentioned it the other night when he talks about when he talked about bringing his thoughts into captivity. Paul mentions it as a weapon to be used bringing your casting down every imagination and every thought that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Well, I want to show you something that God saw fit to put in this English translation of ours that you won't find worded this way in any other book except the King James Bible. And it foresees all the, from the time of Joshua and Caleb, it foresees all the way into the future until present day. Now, I know y'all saying, well, he ain't never talked about this before. I'm fixing to show you right now. Turn to Numbers chapter 33. Okay. There. And if you obey this in the light of today, like they obeyed in what they did then, you're going to see the, wow, How? where did that come from? This is going to shock some of you. Okay? Numbers chapter 33 and read verses 50 through 52. Either one of y'all. Okay. And the
2: Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten.
1: Destroy their what? Pictures. Pictures. Where in the world did that come from? It's only in the King James Bible, folks. Pictures. In their day. The pictures on a television that go into your mind have an effect on you that you will never find out about, that the Lord knows about, that will never be revealed to you until the judgment seat of Christ, those of you that the Spirit of God dwells in. Pictures. Why would destroy the pictures? You see how idolatry, the word pictures, comes all the way forward into the people. There were no pictures then. You would have thought it said destroy their molten images not a matter of fact he mentions it in the very next word, doesn't he, Brother Dave? Read it again. In this it says it right here in the same verse Then ye
2: shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places.
1: Mhm, and if you apply that today this in the land of where there's nothing but idolatry and American idols, <laughs> American idol and the city of angels, be careful, beware of worshipping angels and the city of angels and Hollywood. The witch's rod. See, that all ties together, folks. We'll give him one of the ways that you can help yourself. Number one, if you destroy the pictures. How do you destroy the pictures? You don't watch them because they flash. Do you realize that what you see is the, 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 the Bible? The Lord said the light of the body is the eye. Do you realize that that gray matter up there takes a picture of everything you see? Whether you can bring it back into remembrance or not is immaterial to a certain degree. It's there forever. Now, don't you think a supernatural entity could bring that picture back to you? Why do you think pornography is so dangerous? Why do you think pornography is so wicked? Because of the thoughts and intensity of the heart. You have to think about something before you can commit a sin. You have to think about that sin before you commit it, folks. Have you ever thought about that? There's a promise in Proverbs that will help you. Those of you, and I'm talking to some people right now with these problems. Okay? And sin, sin, I realize that this is big. One. Like I said, it, kept, it shot David down to where David couldn't even be in do nothing but to build a temple. Of all the sin, of all the, th- as much as God loved David, he took a picture from that balcony when he looked on Bathsheba, didn't he, Brother Dave? Yes. <laughs>
2: yes, yes. And he
1: didn't use an iPhone. He used the light of the body is the eye. And here in Numbers it says they were told to destroy all the pictures
5: From these wicked
1: people. And all the molten images. Turn to Proverbs. Chapter so 16. Chapter
3: 16.
1: You already, my you already knew, didn't you? On my law. Folks, I want you, you ought to memorize this verse. Because this will help you. You know, the book says, Thy word, Psalm 119, nine, ten, eleven, Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There he goes talking about that old Bible again. You better believe it. Amen. <laughs> and I'll, I'll ever be talking about the Lord giving me mercy and grace and a sound mind. Some of you folks think I don't have one anyway, a sound mind. That's debatable, I guess, sometimes. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Brother Chad, if you would, read that. Folks, write this down. Memorize it. Because it will help you in some of your fighting, your besetting sins. If you want to lay aside those sins that does so easily beset you and run the race with patience that is set before you, Brother Dave, while he's reading this, I want you to go to Hebrews. Okay, you know where the verse is, right? Uh, In which, about the Word of God? Beginning of chapter 12, I believe. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's where it's at. be the first few verses in chapter 12. Brother Chad, read this verse that everybody should memorize. Yes. Put it on your wall. won't we'll let you down. Proverbs
0: 16, verse number 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established.
1: Got that? Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Because, like I said, folks, you got to think about something before you'll sin. And if you start, if you start putting those Im- those images, those pictures in your mind, that's why TV is so is so dangerous. Okay. That's why what goes in your eye is so dangerous. And folks, everything, everything that we talked about tonight, all these sins of the saints. All these sins that started right here in Genesis three in Genesis chapter three lies within your fallen nature. And thank God the Holy Spirit's in us that's born again and have a new creature dwelling within us and we become a new creature. Thank God that it it's there. But so did that person in first Corinthians, folks. Okay the one that went to bed with his daddy's wife, which, you know, his own mother. Paul tells you he's a brother in Second Corinthians, and to forgive him and pray for him because he's overcome with grief, take him back in the congregation. Some of you folks would have him stoned to death and never would forgive him. See? But you remember, you're supposed to be like Christ. That's what Christian means. Christ like, a little Christy. That's what they used to call us in Germany. Here in Martin Luther's time, little Christies. That's what we're supposed to be like, Christ like. Godliness. Godliness. Brother Dave, Hebrews 12,
2: verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God.
1: Amen. Amen. They say that sin which does, does so easily beset us. Folks, let me tell you something. There's two ways. There's two ways. There's the old way and the new way of life, of the way, quote, unquote, Christianity looks at things. There's the old way, which was, we. I'm talking about the biblical sound doctrine old way. Know you're a sinner. You realize that anything, that you could do anything in the right situation, given the right circumstances that anybody else has ever done. And you could. Given the right circumstances in the right condition, backslid, away from God, hadn't, met, hadn't, hadn't stayed in fellowship with God, you could do anything that Charlie Manson done. Or Ted Bundy, if under the right circumstances, over the right period of time, listening to the wrong spirit. So you should be fighting against that. You should be for the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? The strongholds in your in your life, what are they? What is the sin that does so easily beset you? See? Paul says, by casting down every imagination and every thought, those
5: strongholds,
1: pulling them down, casting them down, cast them aside, and keeping your mind on Christ. How do you do that? It's in the book, Philippians 4, Brother Chad. Mm-hmm. You keep this. This is the way you do it. Folks, you can you, you love Jesus Christ. Do you want to do better? Do you want to walk closer? Well, then, bless God, why don't you start adding some
5: of these things to your daily life? And quit saying, I'll do it tomorrow. Do it now. Bow to God. Repent.
1: Turn away from the wickedness of today. And set your face on the light of tomorrow. Look deep into the eyes of your Savior. And say, yes, Lord, I want to do better. I will pray more. I will lay aside. I will do my best to lay aside this sin that does so easily beset me. I want my fellowship to be right with You, Lord. I want my rewards to be great with You. I want to love You more.
5: I want to be loved more by You. I want to apply what this book says to my life. Lord, help me, please.
1: Destroy those pictures that put those wicked images in your mind that make you think about things you wish you'd never thought about and bring to remembrance of the things that you wish you'd never done.
5: The only one that can do that is you. By help of the Holy Spirit and God granting you repentance. Brother Shed, read. Start
1: at verse 12 and read.
0: Amen. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have done well that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me, as concerning giving and receiving.
1: That's Philippians four. Yes. Philippians four twelve and thirteen. That's. Yes, I'm yeah. reading it as he's talking.
0: Yeah, you're looking. Uh, oh. Sorry, no,
1: no, no, no. Starting verse six.
0: Pardon me. My yeah. Bad. Be, My bad. Yeah. Be, yeah. be careful for nothing. Verse six, Philippians four. Be careful for nothing. No, no, but
1: go, go, go to verse 4 and start there. All right? Yeah. Folks, you want help? Here it is. Here it is. This is the help. My bad for giving the wrong verse. Now i probably shifted where your mind was at. My fault. I apologize.
0: No, no I'll just use uh, Colossians three start twenty-three. Verse four. Whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Philippians 4 and 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen, amen.
1: Now listen to this, folks. Apply this. Take a certain period of time out of your morning, out of your middle of your day, out of your afternoon, before you go to bed, okay? Take time with the one you claim to
5: love.
1: Verse 8 and 9, brother,
0: go ahead. Amen. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true... Whatsoever whatsoever.
1: things are true, not lies, what
5: is true? Pilate said... Mm. The Lord Jesus, thy word is truth. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. They are life. So the time you spend in this book, you know you're in the truth.
0: Praise the Lord. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things.
1: Think on these things, casting down every imagination and every high thing. Folks, draw
5: closer to him. He loves you. He wants fellowship with you.
1: He wants to give you He wants to give you a filling of the spirit that you hardly can contain. But the vessel has to be cleaned out. That daily cleansing, or as Paul said, a washing
5: of water by the word of God.
1: First John says, "To have fellowship with him, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness for fellowship. And if you'll add these things to your life, set aside you a time, think on things that are pure, lovely good report, honest, true, all this stuff, folks. That's what the Christian life is about. Incorporate it into your life. Commit your works into the Lord, and he'll establish your thoughts, folks. And like I said, you won't sin unless you think about it first.
5: Spend more time
1: outdoors. Get away from that damn television. Get away from electricity. Spend more time outside. Get around nature all you can. You that have problems with sexual sins and sins of the mind, wicked thoughts, that deceitful heart, spend more time in nature. Listen to the birds. Watch the sun. Look at the moon. Look at the stars. Pay attention to God's creation. Think about the lovely Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. Think about him reaching down and saving your soul. Think about these things. Give him praise. Give him honor.
5: Give him glory. Praise be to God.
4: Amen.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother Chad dismisses in a word of
0: prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you on bended knees, Lord with all of our hearts and our soul and our mind, Lord. Help us, help us be strong in your words, Lord. Edify us, Lord, through your words. Let us learn what we need to learn, Lord, and be able to apply it as we go on in our in our daily life, Lord. And, and let us not forget what you did for us at the cross, Lord. For we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Lord, but against principalities, Against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, Lord, and against spiritual wickedness in high places, Lord, we are very aware of this, Lord, and we thank you so much for the armor that you've given for us, Lord, that we may be able to bear it, and that there be no temptation that 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 be above our that that we cannot turn away from, Lord. You've given us the means to escape all all these things that are common to men. Help us not be common to this world, Lord. Help us be the holy people that you've chosen us to be. Give us the strength to separate ourselves from the idols in our lives, Lord, whether that be our, our pets or our children or our televisions or or, or all the things that, that we spend time with, adoring and, and, and bringing ourselves earthly joy, Lord, joy that will die at our last breath, Lord, for when we join you and we come to you on your mercy seat, Lord, and we tremble in fear as we stand in line or in a group or however it goes, Lord, with our brethren, Lord, with Paul and John and Peter and Polycarp and Irenaeus and Wycliffe and all the greats, Lord, that, that we read about and that we we pray, we pray about, and 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 we pray for understanding, and and we look to as as examples of of your work through men. For you, you work through men, Lord. You you came as a man to do the work that could not be done by a man, and you became sin for us, Lord. And you suffered, you suffered the, the the most immense suffering that that can ever that's even possible to to put on a man, Lord. No. No man would have even made it to the cross, Lord. Only you made it to the cross. And you became sin for us, and it was nailed to the cross. And through your blood, you've offered us that salvation and that assurance of eternal salvation through the Holy Spirit that now dwelleth in us, Lord. We are so grateful and we are so thankful that we're able to fellowship with you and to give you praise. And we ask that you help us and forgive us our sins, Lord. Bless our actions that our works are unto you, Lord. For you've promised that if we do commit our works to you, Lord, honestly commit our works to you, Lord, our thoughts will be established. These terrible things that haunt us, our besetting sins, the things that, that, that we constantly... that that's constantly tempting us to leave the path of of righteousness, which is your righteousness that we that we want to stay focused on for that path is straight and it's narrow, Lord, and 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 we try so hard to be on it and we need to be on it, Lord. There's no other way to live. we thank you so much for even giving us this, Lord. I can't even imagine how how others live or how I lived before you were with me, Lord, and before I had you as my friend and that I can talk to you and and serve you, Lord, for you bought me and I belong to you, and I will forever belong to you, and I am so happy that I belong to you, Lord. You are my precious Savior. You are Jesus Christ. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I pray to you, Heavenly Father, through that precious name of your Blessed Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
2: Contact information for Don Spears Ministries: telephone number is three three four three nine seven two three three three. 3. The email address is
1: respect
2: to the Lord at yahoo you can go to PayPal and open an account
4: if you haven't
2: got one, and use that address respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. Enter that. That's Pastor Don's account at PayPal, and make a, an offering electronically, or you can mail your cards and letters and offerings to his home address, which is three one five five. Louisville Street, Apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Thank you very much. Lord willing, we'll be back. Me and Brother Dave will be back Sunday night. We'll kick it off from verse 15 and feed it on up a little bit. And uh, Lord willing, I hope to see you folks back Sunday night. Amen. Good night. Good night, David. everyone. Lord bless each and every one of you and and um hope your day goes well tomorrow. Kevin, I hope your day goes better tomorrow than it's been going this week, brother, and I will I will talk to you whenever you Love you guys. Good night. Good night, brother Chad. Y'all give me a call, Brother Dave again. Huh? I apologize for Not been able to talk to you the other day, brother. Holler at me whenever you can, because I really do enjoy our conversations, brother. Okay. Okay. Good night, Pastor Don. Good night. Good night, all. Good night, everybody.